guess what, guys? It's time for another episode of Ivar's Longbox. This is the show that sucks all the blood out of classic Valiant comic to see if it still holds up today. This episode, we're reading Bloodshot number 37. I'm Josh. Uh, I don't know who I am. I'll just be Martin today. How about that? <laughs> I think Sucks describes uh, this episode pretty well. Oh, don't ruin Whoa. the whole show! <laughs> Paul! Uh, Way to spoil the episode. You of all people that hate spoilers, you want to spoil the episode. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm curious to know what it was that you hated about it. Not that I'm going to disagree. Because um, I, I, I actually, th- I actually did. I, I didn't hate this issue. I didn't. don't know if I'd say that I liked this issue. But I didn't hate it. I enjoyed reading it more than some stuff. I'll tell you what I liked about this uh, issue, and it was the ending, knowing that coming up sh- very shortly, I don't even, it's the next, next issue, I think, is when we get to see some more Rampage. Yeah. Rampage has nothing to do with this. No, Stop no, no. confusing the issue. <laughs> no, 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 that's what I just said. I said my favorite Let's part was Mike getting Grell. to the end. Le- Mike Grell. So... I didn't read a whole lot of Mike Grell back in the day, but... I love Mike. Warlord I, is one of the best comics ever written. So I did read Warlord. I read uh, Shaman's Tears. That was yeah. pretty fun. I don't think Star it made Star it very Star is really good, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this See? is one of those times where you guys talk about this writer that you remember all these things about, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Dude, you're like you weren't reading books in the 90s. Exactly. Like, so I don't know any of this. And my, you know what? This is what if you they need don't to know about past Mike the 90s. Grell, okay? Mike Grell writes really good action uh, scenes, and he is terrible at writing sex scenes. As evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so can we start there? Because that's pretty, like, that's a big part of this issue, is the sex scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the first, yeah, let's talk about that. It's let's the, talk it, about the, the poetry of Mike Grell. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the first sex scene that we've um had the pleasure of discussing on this uh, oh, on the no, show it's not it's not there was the issue oh god what the hell was it the one where uh the guy was having sex with his wife and they uh she was wearing football gear oh, oh yeah yeah that's right yeah so this is the second terrible sex scene we've read well that wasn't really a sex scene though like there was sex sure like was. you knew you knew there was sex involved but like you didn't see it like in this one you kind of see it no, right? you like see it, nothing in this. Well, you don't. You don't see like you don't see blood, shadow. You don't see bloodshot penis, but like you, you know they're doing it. You that the 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 devil and his football playing wife were doing it. He said that he was in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in that case, so how, how was this? You know, I'm going to see Jim Shooter this Sunday. Oh, you suck. Do you want me to ask Jim Shooter about that end zone line? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I asked Josh Dysart about his uh, shove you up my ass line. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, the best part was Mike being like, did you ask my question? I was like, that was my question, too. I didn't ask your question. I asked my question. You stole it. I wanted to ask him that from the moment I read that line. <laughs> But, yeah, it was long before I knew podcasts were in my future. So, but this this sex scene is a little bit different than the one we read before, because um, there's 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 a little bit bit of of uh, emotion, 
Um, yeah. yeah, the the other sex scene was comical. Well, this one, yeah. is emotional. There's, yeah, but it's emotion from the perspective of a guy who's trying to write an emotional sex scene, and, and guys can't write emotional sex scenes. Oh, I didn't say it was good emotion. I just said it was intending to be emotion. Yeah, <laughs> but this reminds me of like uh, Sleepless in Seattle. I don't know if you guys ever saw that. Um, yes. Or like, uh, <laughs> what's what's the other one? Like, uh, You've Got Mail. That was like the updated version of Sleepless in Seattle. Um, where it's it's pretty obvious that it's a guy writing a woman after they've had sex. Um, like, this chick is crying and leaving bloodshed a note. Like, do you think that really happens? That doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Side story about follows Seattle. I had insomnia when I was uh, in junior high, and I actually watched that movie a lot to try to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. Um, So Mike Grell is, like you said, he's a good action writer. I don't think that scene fit into the overall story. And I think there's a lot of parts in this issue where it doesn't quite fit with the storytelling it kind of actually makes you want to go back and you're like did i miss something like how do we get from point a to point b mm-hmm. um, i will I, say that is a very very 90s thong you mean your wife doesn't wear tongs is that what you're saying uh i don't know what that has to do with this but that it, that's like something out of a 90s movie <laughs> Honestly, though, this is not something like out of a 90s movie. It's something like out of a 70s movie because this is Live and Let Die. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Yeah, no, this is the this is Live and Let Die. This is James Bond in New Orleans banging a white chick while all the black people are evil. It's Live and Let Die. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie, but now I kind of want to. <laughs> God, now I've got to go rewatch it. Can we pause the episode and I can go watch it? We need to pause this for two hours. It's about drugs. The only difference is Bloodshot did not run across um, some uh, crocodiles. (laughs) So the one thing that I wanted right off the bat with this that I knew I wasn't going to get is I saw the cover and I thought, I hope that's Baron Samedi because I would like to read a story about him. I did not care about this guy. You don't like Juju? No. His name was ridiculous to start with. The ridiculousness of his name was enough to make me think he was stupid and needed to die. He died. I was a little happy at the end. Way to ruin it that was for people cool who haven't read it. Well, I, wanted, I was going to talk about it. That's a cool yeah. death. Yeah, I liked the death. I actually liked how the, the whole thing about how this ended. Although, um, so... He's holding the suitcase or the briefcase of drugs above Bloodshot. Bloodshot shoots it, so it falls on him, which is kind of cool. The next panel, I don't get where suddenly there's fire and he's going, "Yeah, I don't. I just don't get that panel." Uh, you mean where the propane tank explodes? Yeah, I, I just like I, I I've looked back and forth at, at these pages. Being like, how do these connect? Like, yeah, and okay, see, the, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, that happens a lot in this issue. Yeah. Um, like at the beginning, you can kind of maybe forgive it. Like, Bloodshot has this chemical that makes him into a zombie because he grabbed the skull that Juju threw at him. 
I'm like, okay, maybe I could buy that. But then it gets like worse and worse, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because through some of these pages, uh, Bloodshot is somewhat of a zombie. So he's trying to get the nanites to help him recover from the chemical. And so he sees everything kind of in shadows. Um, and so you're kind of seeing it through his eyes. And you're not really getting the full picture of what's going on. And I think that's what the problem is with that particular section you're talking about. That's right after he regains full control of himself. Um, and so you you don't see a whole lot. Um, I think this is kind of typical of, of books of the mid-90s, though. Uh, where the resolution is just a little bit rushed sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because they weren't doing long arcs like they do now. Or, you know, four-issue arcs or whatever it is, six issues. Um a lot of the stories were kind of one or two issues, and you move, you kind of progress into the next thing. Um, and we're also at the point in Valiant where there are two issue arcs, and the two issues come out the um, in the same month. Right. So these two stories, I mean, two weeks apart between yep. this two partner, and this is the second part of it. Yep. Speaking of shadows, uh, there he, he's in he's in New Orleans. Where's Shadow Man? Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of voodoo stuff in here. Um, yeah, I guess this is about the time where vampires were big in uh, in Valiant, so they show up Valiant. everywhere. I <laughs> <laughs> cannot begin to describe to you how much I hate vampire stories. Like, I don't understand. Like that, I'm I'm trying to think. Like, were the '90s that bad? Like, whenever I look at some of these stories, um. Because there was a lot of, like, vampire shit. Like, now it's zombies, right? You see zombies everywhere. Hey, hey, hey. Vampires had their day in the sun. Don't you ever forget Twilight. Uh, well, they can't have it in the sun because then they'll burn. <laughs> no, no, no. They spark. Oh, they sparkle. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's, Twilight, Twilight clears that up. It's a myth that vampires die in the sun. They just sparkle, and they don't want to be sparkly and draw attention to themselves. I just think it's, it's really interesting going back to some of these books um if you look beyond what's on the page and what it means in terms of the overall culture mm-hmm. um because you know in the 90s it was gangsters and vampires right and now it's more like i guess aliens and zombies is what i would say um and it's really interesting i, I read i read a paper not too long ago i know this is pretty nerdy for me re- reading a paper um <laughs> But like what something with words, (laughs) Yeah, something with words, what no pictures, Um, but like what the type of movies that people watch in a particular era are very indicative of the kind of issues, cultural and political issues that they kind of are involved with. Um, And it's just really interesting to go back like 20 years ago and see how how different things were, Mm -hmm. you know? I find that really interesting. This was an interesting take, though, on vampires because it wasn't really; it was more about drug addiction. Yeah. So it was kind of a neat way of telling a vampire story without it really being a vampire story. I think that the vampire stories in the nineties were kind of a lot like that. It was about sex and drugs. Yeah. You know. That uh, sums up the nineties. Well, in the 90s, there was a lot of issues with, um, you know, AIDS and such. And so blood certainly was on our mind right. as, a, as a culture more 
more then than it is today. Yep. <laughs> I think overall it's it's fairly interesting. Um, I I kind of enjoyed the art. Um, I know maybe at at some points it feels kind of rushed, um, but some of some of the panels in here are really really cool looking. Uh, maybe because they remind me a little bit of. Um, like the darker tones of like Shadow Man and Doctor Mirage, um, which should be expected, right? Like, there's a lot of voodoo stuff in here, the vampire stuff. There are cemeteries. Um, obviously, they're New Orleans, but um, it's it's a lot darker. Like the scenes happening at night. There's a lot of rain, uh, so it's like, you know, Paul and I, while while you were gone, Josh, um, in between our recording, we we're talking a little bit about Dick Tracy. And uh, it kind of seems like that, right? Like a noir story uh, where it's always raining and it's always like a first-person narrative of, mm-hmm. of the character talking to the audience. Uh, that's kind of what this book feels like to me, uh, which even through the fact that the story is not very cohesive, I really enjoyed reading it. And I, I definitely appreciated the art um, in some places more than others. Uh, like when they were in Juju's headquarters, whatever, uh, and he's sitting on the throne. Like I wasn't too fond of that, but like the cemetery parts, like that last page where this book ends, is freaking awesome. Uh, when they're pulling his brain out, um, that's probably my second favorite thing in this book, uh, other than the the full page where Bloodshot comes out uh, from his quote unquote sleep, his drug induced sleep. Um, I think that's my favorite page of this whole thing but uh yeah so it sounds like this book holds up for you martin (laughs) it's weird like i want to say it does um but i'm not sure it does i don't know if that makes sense so did you like the book paul it was an interesting enough read but i had a i had enough problems with it and overall i think especially looking from my perspective i don't think it it holds up um you know if if you read comics in the 90s maybe you give more leeway to some of the flaws i see in this book um like the page the, the page i happen to be on they, they call it the drug bloofer how <laughs> how lame is that i mean bloofer does that inspire you know fear in you does it what does that inspire Bloofer. Yeah, I don't know. They, I, I think that there's a. Uh, this is a story that could have been good, but um, there are good right. elements, but there are elements to drag it down. I think that's what it is for me. There are parts that I like, like I like the ending. Um, there are other parts, you know, there are a few parts throughout that I like, but there's enough that drags it down, in my opinion. Bloofer Lady is from Dracula, so that's where that came from. Yep. Well, it's Dracula's fault then. It's still lame. <laughs> By the way, that also came out in the 90s, and it's a fairly decent movie. Doesn't one come out every decade? Uh, yes, because there was Dracula 2000, so that came out in like 02, 03, I think. <laughs> we hope that it came out in the aughts. Uh, there was just a Dracula movie that came out, actually. Yes. Uh, the, like the, what was it called? It was, it was, it was weird. Yeah, it was like f- huge fighting armies. Yeah, it was about it was about Vlad, but it was like the I Frankenstein kind of thing, where like he's a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, Josh, how'd you feel about this book? 
Oh, hell yes, this book is fan-fucking-tastic. Wow, really? Yep. Wow. Love it. From Absolutely your, love it. From your Josh assessment, I would not have guessed something. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I would have thought you were going to hate it from, from what you said in this in this episode. Nope. There are things that I didn't like about it, but it's great. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. But I love the comics. Interesting. I love, you know, I love buff guys coming out of being buried alive with lightning strikes behind them. I love poorly written sex scenes. <laughs> I love people getting their brains taken out of them. Uh, I think it's great. Awesome. I think it's a great comic. You, you know what this episode of this podcast illustrates is the fact that everybody has different things to drive them. And uh, there's you usually you guys joke that I'm the one that's that's the outlier, but uh, usually it's like either I agree with one of you or the other. Um, and, uh, or, or you guys both just think I'm wrong. And this one just shows that, you know, Josh loved this and, and you and I, Martin, both felt like there are major flaws in this. I think it's the first time that it's, it's swayed that way. Yep. So Michael Myers, when I don't like 90 comics, it's okay. Oh, well, when he's on the, I love this book in the way that Mike Myers likes comics. Oh wow! The way I feel about this book is is I feel I feel like when I read him post stuff on Facebook, I go, "That's how I feel about this book." (laughs) So I will take that as you saying that you relate well to brains being pulled out and awkward sex scenes. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Hey Josh, what's the next book? Oh sure, let me find out. Uh, Next, we'll be reading. Uh oh, where'd my notes go? <laughs> I mean, it's right here on my computer. <laughs> Way to ruin it. Next, we'll be reading Solar number 57. 57? Yeah, that, it th- does... third to last I- issue. Oh, that's Jurgens. So that means I paid uh, for is it. That, is that after Jurgens? It might be Jurgens last. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Because I've got a whole run of Solar. Speaking of Jurgens, he will also be at the convention I'm going to this Sunday. Oh, I'm so jealous. Shooter and Jurgens. Give me a uh, yeah, game. and and Greg Pack and wow. uh, Bob Wyasek. He did some valiant stuff. Nice. Yeah. Hey, plus let's... Louis Simonson and Walter Simonson and. Oh, are you uh, serious? John Bogdanov is going to be there. Uh, Paul doesn't even know who any of these people are. <laughs> I know who everybody but that last one was. And I'm, and I'm taking my dad. This is going to be my dad's first comic book. I was going to say, uh, you have to do a show about yeah, it. Yeah, you've got to do a show, especially with the Simonsons there. Come on, dude. All right, let's wrap this show up. This has been another episode of the Ivar's Longbox podcast. You can catch Josh on Twitter at IWantValiant. You can catch me at Geekvine. You can catch Paul at Who's Paul. Be sure to check out this show and other shows at the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network at NerdyLegion.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at NerdyLegion. Until the next time, go read some Solar. (laughs) 